Welcome to Talking Tax, a Bloomberg Tax podcast. Today, we're speaking with female leaders in accounting about how they grew their careers. I'm your host, Courtney Rosen, and we're glad you're here. The AICPA recently released its list of most powerful women in accounting in cooperation with CPA Practice Advisor. Women on the list are innovative leaders in the accounting field, both in their firms and in the industry. They also mentor younger colleagues. Today I'm welcoming Abby Dupree, Managing Partner at Carroll & Company CPAs in Florida, and Kimberly Ellison Taylor, Global Strategy Leader for the Financial Services Industry at Oracle America. Both were named on the list of most powerful women in accounting. Thanks for joining us, Abby and Kimberly. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. So I wanted to start off with when you both look back at your career um, in different roles in the accounting industry, what advice would you have to young women in your shoes when you first came out of college who are hoping to pursue similar career paths to you? We could start with Kimberly. Thank you so much for asking that question. I think what I would have told myself and younger women is basically be patient, own your own truth, and enjoy the journey that will have different ebbs and flows. And let me just go over each one of those and why I say that. One, I say enjoy the journey because we're very driven as a general rule. We, we tend to be type A. We want to work very hard. I know that getting good grades was very important to me and having certain milestone paths on my career. I thought I would be here at this age. I thought I'd be there at this age. But every step forward doesn't have to be linear. There are horizontal steps that are very, very key and important along the way as well. And when I say own your own truth, I think in many instances, there are occasions where people will define what your role should be. You should be in public practice. You should be in business and industry. But I think what it matters most is what you want to do, what makes you happy, what you're passionate about. And as an accountant, we are promoting and protecting the public interest. And getting the CPA credential was very, very important to me and a part of my truth. And so when I say make sure that you're doing something that's really important to you, I think everyone has to reflect that one size fits one. There is no across the board approach for every person. Abby, did you want to chime in? <laughs> well, Kimberly covered that very well. Um, the And I would just add on to what she said regarding getting your CPA. Um, to me, that is something I'm very passionate about. So many students now are coming out and not pursuing the CPA exam for one reason or another, and in particular women, because we tend to be the caretakers and, you know, involved in other aspects of life, they can put it off even further. And I just want to encourage those women coming out of um, college with an accounting degree, don't stop. <laughs> Get that CPA. So you both spoke about how important the CPA distinction is. Are there ways to make that better appeal to young women? Abby? Oh, goodness. You know, that's a tough one because so many people aren't choosing to go that way. I think, and this doesn't just apply to women, but um, they need to talk to other women in that field. Ask them, you know, why they did what they did, where, why, you know, how they got to where they are now. 
and realize that there are so many different paths. You don't have to be a pub. I mean, here you have me in public accounting and Kimberly at a, a private company. So you're, you know, we're very, we do very different things and not everybody sits in front of a computer and um, prepares tax returns all day. So I, I would just encourage them to find out more of, of what is available to them. Kimberly, would you have other advice? Absolutely. CPAs speak the language of business, and we have a fundamental responsibility to not only promote and protect the public interests, but to help ensure that the public has um, better effective decision-making, at least options available to them. And I think that if we, as Abby just said, can convey the really, the multitude of options that are available, I think it's all about the and. And so there is no or in today's environment. And I also think there's the end of the box. There is no box for us as CPAs, and we have to do everything we can to defy the stereotypes that CPAs all do taxes. Many of us do, but I can tell you that many of us also have CPAs that do our taxes for us. And so (laughs) there are just so many different things that we can do. And so I just think if we can convey the value proposition that if you start with your credential, that you can do anything and everything. So whether that's a CFO or CEO or managing partner like Abby, or you can work in a technology organization like me, there are so many different paths. And I think we have to get that point across. So I know, Kimberly, you have gotten advanced degrees beyond your CPA distinction. Um, Were there trends that you recognized in the industry that you felt like, okay, I have this CPA degree, I want to go on and do something else in addition to being a CPA? How did you decide you wanted to do that? And why did you want to do that? It's interesting, Courtney, because I've always thought about it in terms of the end. I've wanted to be a CPA since I was in the third grade. There was no other path for me. Just when someone came to my school and talked about all the career options, and when they got to accountants that managed the money and CPAs, I was like, that's it. But I think when I realized, when I got to University of Maryland, Baltimore County, that the option available for me was information systems. And so I've pursued a dual career in information systems and accounting. And so after getting my CPA, I actually went on to get a master's from Carnegie Mellon in information technology. And I think that's been a great decision on my part because technology is a game changer. We're living in a world of disruption and innovation. And I believe that as a CPA, I need to understand how that would impact my clients, my customers. What does that mean for the financial statements? Are they materially and fairly represented? especially in terms of where technology is taking us going forward. And Abby, in your position at a CPA firm, are there ways that you've tried to innovate or learn more yourself to be able to handle different changes in technology in the accounting profession? Oh, yes. (laughs) That's every day. I feel like, um, you know, we are learning every day. When I started in the profession, we were still doing tax returns by hand just a little bit. Then then we were doing them on a DOS-based computer where you just input numbers. Um, and it has just changed so dramatically that, um, as we all say, you know, the, the tax return is a commodity. The end result is getting the advice from that, you know, the consulting part of it. There's There's just so much more 
to that. So we're constantly learning, definitely in technology. Um, that is something that I'm passionate about and feel like as a small firm that we are pretty competitive when it comes to that just because we realize we have to be competitive in what we do and stay efficient by staying on top of technology. So we're constantly learning not only new tax laws, new accounting pronouncements, new new ways to do things, but we're trying to stay up with technology as well. So speaking of building relationships with each other, are there people in your career as you look back where you said they've been a mentor to me or they've been a friend to me to help um, you grow into your role as a CPA and become leaders in the profession? If Kimberly wanted to answer first. Thank you, Courtney. For me, it's interesting because I've shed the notion of what the, and I'm doing air quotes, but you can't see it, of mentors. Because I think that when we think of mentors, we think of the every Tuesday in Panera at 10 o'clock. We're going <laughs> to sit down, we're going to have coffee, we're going to talk. And I think in today's environment, we can all be mentored by someone younger than us. My son is mentoring me on my cell phone. He's he get it together. <laughs> He's mentoring me on Snapchat and social media because I think it's important for me to stay engaged and up to speed. And then I've had traditionalists and baby boomers and my colleagues who are Gen X and Gen Y also mentor me. And so I just want to be a listening post. I want to be open to feedback from any and everyone. And because I've thought about along those lines for a long time, everyone I've met, I try to learn something. Every place I've gone, I try to learn something. And so I've had more formal mentors, certainly my direct manager, certainly at Oracle. I can't tell you how exciting it's been for me because I've reported into CPAs. How awesome is that to have someone who understands what we do, why we do, and understands the importance of the role. I can tell you that our CEO, Safra Katz, has been very supportive of my role, and I've had the opportunity to co-present with her on inclusive leadership or interview her on stage as we talk about inclusive leadership. And so when you think about leaders who are inspired, like the CEO of Oracle, out you know every day talking about disruption and transformation, but at the same time making time for her team members and helping to bring them along, I think that's powerful. And I think we all have a responsibility to you know, reach back and get someone and give them advice along their career paths. And Abby, have you had a different, or what is your perspective on mentoring? Well, I, <clears throat> I definitely agree with um, Kimberly in the terms of, I don't think of the, a mentor as somebody I sit down with weekly and have coffee with. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, I, and I do appreciate learning from everyone as well. But when I really have to think about it. Why am I in a position that I am? How did I get here? I would have to say it was the founder of our company and the previous managing partner, Rick Carroll. Um, He taught me a lot about running a firm and not just running, how to run a firm, but how how to make people happy, how to keep our clients happy and how to keep our staff happy. Um, you know, we're unique in that we have four partners and three of them are women. Um, and when I look at the numbers in our firm, we're 75% women. So 
I didn't come up in an environment that 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 you know where I felt like somebody was limiting my abilities because I was a woman and he was very probably because he has a very strong wife <laughs> um but he was very supportive and very encouraging along the way of, of teaching me you know what it was to to take care of people and um Anyway, I would have to say it was Rick Carroll who was actually the mentor that got me in the position I am today. We definitely need more Abbies and more firms like hers, <laughs> for sure. Congratulations, Abby, on that. Well, thank you. But I didn't do it all by myself. I tell everyone here we don't work for any one person. We're a team. So we don't get to where we are just on our own merit. And Kimberly, so Abby mentioned how she felt elevated by folks around her. Has there ever been a point in your career where you might felt like these people around me are not elevating me in the way that I want to be? And did you make a change or has that not happened to you? Well, it's interesting you would say that. So two things. One, I think we have to be intentional and I think we have to steer and be in charge of our own careers. And I think that for every person, man or woman, if you've defined certain things that you need to grow and enrich your career, you have the responsibility to go to your leader and and be very bold about saying what you want. Now, certainly you can't expect to be the CEO or managing partner like Abby the first day. But I think that in today's <laughs> environment, if you were very clear on this is what I can contribute and this is what I need, I think that there would be a meeting in the middle. But on the other hand, what I would also say is that I had to make a career change earlier in my career because I wanted to be a CPA, but I was working down my technology path. And I just realized that in that environment, I was not getting the encouragement I needed, the reinforcement I needed to really focus on being a CPA. And so I went into a public practice environment uh, with one of the big four, KPMG. And in that environment, it was every day you were focused, you were around people who wanted to be CPAs. And so I'd say this all the time, but iron sharpens iron. And in a CPA public practice environment, you will have a lot of encouragement to move forward with the CPA credential. And so whenever I speak with young people, although I am in business and industry, I always encourage them to consider as a first step, if they could, public practice because I think that does make a difference. And it made a difference for me because I'm very clear with our young people that I failed the exam when I was in the business and industry environment. That wouldn't be everyone's case, but it was mine. But when I went into the public practice environment, just six months later, I passed the exam. And so sometimes you do have to make a very hard decision and it was the best decision for me. So that's when I say own your own truth that's why I'm very clear in saying to anyone who's seeking to be a CPA, it's difficult, but it's not impossible. You just need focus, and you have to be intentional about your career and taking those steps that will help you get there. Exactly. Abby, would you agree with the advice of public accounting might be a good first step for people, not just women, but people out of college who are hoping to be CPAs? Well, <laughs> I would have to agree because, I, first of all, I didn't have quite the experience Kimberly did because 
I came out of school and started at Carroll and Company in 1994, and I have been here ever since. <laughs> it certainly worked in other fields prior to that. Um, but the one thing about public accounting, and in particular a smaller firm, is that you're exposed to everything. You're exposed to the auditing. You're exposed to tax work. You're exposed to bookkeeping. You're exposed to um, consulting work. You're exposed to unique projects that you may not see in other large companies. So I definitely encourage people to at least seek that out um, if if they're really unsure where they want to go with their accounting degree. But um, I, I obviously I'm a proponent of public <laughs> accounting firms. So. If there, if you see next steps forward in terms of bringing more women into the profession and elevating them to leadership, what are next things going into the future that the accounting profession needs to do to get them there? Kimberly? I would definitely say technology. Technology is such a game changer. Now, of course, I say that with a background in technology. The online world has opened up, I would say, so many additional opportunities for us because as we pursue artificial intelligence, machine learning, cybersecurity, big data, cloud, just think about that all of those different paths, especially blockchain, there are so many emerging technologies and also mature ones that women can step out and be leaders and stand at the intersection of accounting and technology. And I think if we add those additional skill sets to our our portfolio, we will move more quickly through the ranks as we pursue more senior positions. Abby, what would be your perspective on what next steps are to get more women into the profession? Well, um, you know, I still think there are many places where the work-life balance could be an issue. Um, I think any company needs to be flexible. Look at offering different working type of environments, whether that's the ability to work remotely or have a different schedule, um, you know, and encourage those women to do things with their family, take the time off to go to the soccer games, that sort of thing. And not only that, um, have the upper level management bring those younger um, women into the fold of meetings with clients or you know, presentations to companies so that they can see the other side of things, not just the day-to-day. And again, I'm, I'm equating this to working in a CPA firm, but not just sitting at the desk and doing the work, but seeing what the end result is, you know, ha- exposing them to all the other facets of the business. I just think that the leaders of these organizations, if they want to continue to bring women and other accounting people into the into our profession that they need to show them more than just what they might do on a regular day-to-day basis. I would also add along with that, and I totally agree with you, Abby, I think that there are many instances where women may not always feel that they have the, they can have both. I can have a family and I can have a career. And I would say I've met so many firms that said, we're willing to do flexible location. We're willing to do modified work schedules. I think we have to speak up, though, because they're waiting for us to say, in some instances, 
this is what I'd like to do. Maybe I want to greet the school bus in the afternoon. So I'm going to come in a little bit earlier. And I want to be outcome driven. So that means that I could get back online at night. And so I can't tell you how many times that I may have personally have been getting to the soccer game literally at halftime, but I knew I needed to get there before my son knew I wasn't there. And then get them home, fix dinner or stop by fast food, probably more than I would like to admit, and then get back online. And that's when I say own our own truth and do what works for us. It means that the way I grew up, my mom was there every day when we came home from school. And she had dinner waiting for us. But that's not my reality. And that's maybe that's just what I needed to own. And so I think women have to accept that how they do it may not be the textbook of what you thought you'd be doing as a little girl. But when you grow up and you realize what works for your family, there are many different options. And the firms are willing to help you get there. And I know that I tell the firm leaders that they sometimes may have to go and tap someone on the shoulder because we want to be perfect. And so perfect is the enemy of good. And, and so what will happen is that if there are 10 things that we need to move to the next position, we want 12. And so sometimes our male colleagues will say, wow, I've got five of them. The job is mine. And we're overthinking it for ourselves. And so sometimes someone may have to come and give us a tap on the shoulder and say, no, Kimberly, you're ready now. Wait, I don't have, no. You're ready. You'll get there. It's, it's not that big of a jump from where you are to where the next level is. You can definitely do it. I have every confidence in you. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up. But thank you both so much for joining us. And um, thanks, Abby, for calling from Florida. I appreciate it. Sure. Thank you for having me. Thanks, all. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on a special episode of Talking Tax. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloomberg Tax and subscribe to our show on iTunes or SoundCloud. Tune in next time for even more analysis on the tax news of the day. From the nation's capital, I'm Courtney Rosen.